Good morning, dear saints. I pray that you are encouraged and that you are continuing to walk with the Lord and enjoy His presence. We're continuing on in our journey through the book of Revelation, and we have been in chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, and I've entitled this section, Three Invitations. Let me read it to you. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom, priest serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on account of him, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And in this pericope, we see an invitation to worship, an invitation to look, and an invitation to listen. We have already looked at the invitation to worship and the invitation to look. And this morning, I want to go over with you the invitation we are given to listen. And before we do that, let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, for you indeed are our rock and our redeemer. In verse 8, we are given an invitation to listen to the words of Jesus Christ. It says this, let me read it. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. These are the first words of Jesus Christ since he spoke to Saul, who became Paul, on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 7. Now this is significant. Did you hear the first thing that Jesus wants these seven churches to know about him in the midst of the tribulation and the oppression that they're going through? Listen again. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. What is it Jesus wants us to hear in the midst of this present darkness about who he is? Now, as often the case in Scripture, it's not just one thing that he wants us to hear about who he is. It's three things. And the first thing is this. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He wants us to hear that he is completely sovereign. He is the beginning of all things and the end of all things. He is the first and he is the last. This theme is repeated throughout the book of Revelation. Just listen to these verses. Revelation 1.17 When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. Revelation 21.6 He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost, from the spring of the water of life. Chapter 22, verse 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Do you see that throughout the book of Revelation, as the book of Revelation begins, 
twice, Jesus tells us this. And as the book of Revelation ends, twice, Jesus tells us this same thing about himself. So it's important that we understand that he indeed is the one who starts things and who finishes things. He is the beginning of something and he is the end of something. Now think about how, how that would have um, impacted those churches in the midst of the struggles they are going through. Jesus starts things and he ends things. He begins things and he finishes things. Everything has a beginning and an end. Everything has a start and a finish. Your life has a beginning and an end. The season that you are in right now in your life has a start and a finish. What's going on in the world right now won't last forever. It has a beginning and an end, a start and a finish. And the Lord Jesus Christ is sovereign over all of those things. There are times when he wants to start something in our life, and he will let us know that. There are times when he wants to end something in our lives, and he'll reveal that to us as well. As we walk with him and as we trust in him, he wants to be the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the start and the finish. Now, this theme is throughout uh, Scripture, and, and it's especially rooted in Old Testament truth. Now, listen to these verses from Isaiah, Isaiah 41.4. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning, I, the Lord, am first and will be the last? Isaiah 44.6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and the Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Isaiah 48, 12. Listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel, whom I have called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. This is the nature of God, both Father and Son, to be involved in the start of things and to be involved in the end of things. And this should give you great security to know that, that the Lord Jesus is there at the beginning of something in your life and he's there at the end of it and, and that he is the first and that he's the last in it. And, and we can trust him to work out his perfect sovereignty in our lives as long as we do not give up and we com, 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 continue, excuse me, walking with him. Listen to Psalm 138, verse 8. I love this verse. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. You see, we always have a mixture of doubt and belief, don't we? The psalmist here makes a statement of faith. He makes a a statement about who he knows God to be. The Lord, Yahweh, will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. And he makes those two statements about who God is. He's the God who will fulfill his purposes for him, 
and he's the God whose love endures forever. And then at the, at the end, he throws in this little, what I call a breath prayer. Do not abandon the works of your hands. And aren't we like that? Oh, Lord, I know that you're sovereign, and I know that you love me, but please don't abandon me during this difficult time. And God won't, um, because Jesus Christ wants us to know in the midst of this time that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Is there something you need Jesus to start in your life right now? Is there something that needs to be finished in your life right now? Can you trust him to fulfill his perfect plan as you walk with him. And this brings us to our first prayer point. And let me pray for us. Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you as the sovereign Lord in my life. What you have begun in me, you will bring to completion. What you have started with, you will finish. I know that you will work out your purposes for my life as I continue to walk with you in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews has to say about this theme in Hebrews 12 too. This is from the King James. I like the way it's put here. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The word finisher there means to bring to perfect completion. And I know that there are some things that God is doing in all our lives right now that he's going to bring to perfect completion. Now listen to Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? The work that God began in you when really before the creation of the world when he called you, that work that he began in you from the time of your birth will continue on to the time of your death and the Lord plans on bringing it to completion. He won't give up. Don't you give up. Just keep going, keep walking in faith. Now, the second thing Jesus wants us to hear about him is this. Jesus is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. In this, he wants us to hear that he is always with us. Now, we've noted before that this phrase, the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come, is the, new, is the New Testament expression of Yahweh, which can most easily be understood to mean, I am with you to get it done. Now, we saw this about Jesus in the greeting in Revelation 1-4. Let me remind you of that and read it. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. Now, look back with me and remember when the angel appeared to Joseph, uh, when he wanted to give up his, his marriage to Mary, this is what 
what uh, the angel said to Joseph about the reason for the coming of Jesus. And this is from Matthew 1, 21 through 23. She will bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill would have been spoken, had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You see, Jesus is the perfect expression of the fact that God is with us. Jesus is the perfect expression of the name Yahweh, which means God is with us to get it done. In fact, if you remember when we went over this a few sessions ago, the reason why Jesus got in so much trouble is because he said, before Abraham was, I am Yahweh. That's where that name comes from, that statement, I am. Jesus is, is the one who is always with us, and he wants us to hear that. He was with us in our past, and that's a hard thing to understand because to some of us, some very harsh and difficult things may have happened in our past, but Jesus was there. And that's why he can cause healing to take pray, place in the present and in the future because he was there in the past and he's able to bring everything forward in his healing grace and redemption. He wants us to hear that he's with us right now in the circumstances that we each face, in those that we face in common and those that are unique to each individual. He's present. And he wants us to hear that he's with us in the future. And the future may look very uncertain for any number of reasons, but Jesus is certain. He is, he is the one who was and who is and who is to come. And this brings us to our second prayer point. Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you as the one who is always with me. I will not let the times, my circumstances, my feelings, or my sin cause me to doubt who you are. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I would be led into a new season of trusting in and experiencing your divine presence. The third thing Jesus wants us to hear is that he is the Lord God Almighty. And in this, he wants us to hear that he is all-powerful. Listen to the following scriptures. It's a, this is an Old Testament represent, representation of the word or the name of God that, that we know as El Shaddai. Genesis 17.1 When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. Job 11.7 Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? Now, 30 times in Job, this name for God, the Almighty, is used. It is the theme of the book of Job as far as who God is. He is the Almighty. Listen to Isaiah 13.6 Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. 
it will come like destruction from the Almighty. Listen to Ezekiel one twenty four. When they moved, I heard the sound of their wings, like the sound of many waters, like the thunder of the Almighty, a sound of tumult, like the sound of an army. When they stopped, they let down their wings. And then Joel one fifteen, Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is near, and as destruction from the Almighty it comes. In the book of in the books of the the uh, prophets, this idea of the Almighty is very eschatological. It looks to the end of things, and I think that this is such a a wonderful thing that the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to know that in the midst of persecution and oppression and tribulation, He wants us to hear this about Himself. He is the Almighty. And the Greek word means this. He is strong and he is able to rule over all things and change them. Isn't that beautiful? And this brings us to our third prayer point. Lord Jesus, I worship you as the Almighty. I trust that you are all powerful over everything in my life. The world situation my circumstances, my doubts and my fears, my family, everything I hold dear. I pray that your power would come forth on my behalf during this present darkness so that I might faithfully endure and glorify your name. Now let's review these three things that Jesus wants to hear, wants us to hear in what we're going through right now. The first thing is Jesus is completely Sovereign. Do you trust him to be sovereign over the things that are happening in your life right now? The second thing Jesus wants us to hear is that he is always with us. Right now, he is not absent from what is going on in the world. He is present in the world and in you. He is aware. He cares. He's there. And the third thing is, Jesus is all-powerful. He's the Almighty. At any time, he speaks a word, and something will finish, and something will start, because he's here in the midst of it. Now that is powerful. And we, like the first churches, first those seven churches, we need to hear this about Jesus. So I pray that you would be encouraged by this, and that you would continue to read aloud the book of Revelation. Now next week I'm going to do a session and we're going to, to just take a little diversion from the book of Revelation and I'm going to look at the es eschatology of the Bible and I'm ent entitling this The Fake News About the End Times because a lot of what we believe and what we've heard about the end times really I would call it fake news, and we have to look at this in order to set up the rest of the book of Revelation, because so much misinformation has gone on about uh, eschatology in the book of Revelation, and I want to make sure that we start out with a good background. So until then, God bless and keep you.